Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you're enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. Please tell a friend, your meditation group, anyone you think who will benefit. If you like this podcast, please give me five stars wherever you listen. And remember to follow me at Two Inches Off the Ground on Instagram and email me comments or questions at Free Spirit Podcasts, that's with an S, at gmail.com. I have an update about my website. I am working on it. <laughs> it's taking a lot longer than I thought. So I'm hoping to have it up this month, later this month, February 2021. I will let you know I'm working on some really cool products for it, some consultation services, and I guarantee you will like it and you will find something there for you. I am podcasting live today on Podbean. It is Monday, February 1st, around 1030 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. It is a snowstorm right now, so I apologize if you hear a snowplow or there is fire crackling in this room because my husband made a fire for me in the background. I always try on Podbean to sit like a statue because unfortunately this microphone system picks up every little sound. So I am trying my best today. Every day I come in or every time I podcast, I say, okay, just sit like a statue, be statue-like. Somehow it just never happens. Anyway, so the topic today, I am not a doctor. Please consult your doctor before attempting any diet or lifestyle change. And today we are talking about an introduction to Ayurveda. I wanted to make this introduction today interesting. A lot of episodes I hear about Ayurveda just go through the doshas or what they call the body types. But today I'm going to break it down with anecdotes and then give you some reading in the show notes to go explore yourself. This is the first episode about this topic because I'm going to have an upcoming interview around the pagan holiday of Ostara, which occurs this year on Saturday, March 20th. It's known for renewal. So I'm going to have an interview with someone about Ayurveda during that time. And it would be a perfect time if you're interested around March 20th to do a cleanse, a good Ayurvedic cleanse. By the way, it is so hard for me to say the word Ayurvedic. I actually, <laughs> I actually wrote it out phonetically because with my Jersey or New York accent, it's just so hard for me to say the first part of the word. So if I slip in and say it wrong, I apologize. But how you do say it is I, your Veda. There you go. All right, I did it. Anyway, so today I'm introducing you to Ayurveda early because it embodies the essence of the metaphysical and you will have several weeks to do your own research before my second Ayurvedic episode with the extensive interview or conversation, which is going to be so much fun and so great to listen to because we're going to get into the nuances of it. So I hope that makes sense. Just giving you some time in between both episodes. All right. Ayurveda. It is the Sanskrit words Ayur, meaning life, and Veda, meaning science or knowledge. So you put that together, you get either life science or life knowledge. 
ancient Indians thousands of years ago, and by the way, I mean Indians as in living in India, and I've read either it's 3,000 years ago or 5,000 years ago that they developed Ayurveda. I've seen both accounts, so let's just say somewhere around that time, and they adopted it as a lifestyle, and it worked. Ayurveda is all about the balance of bodily systems using diet, herbs, and breathing. If you are in balance, your body and mind are functioning optimally, which means you are living by your soul or source and your intuition is strong. Why did I turn to the Ayurvedic lifestyle as best I can? I, I try to live this lifestyle you know, as best I can. I'm certainly not perfect, but I definitely switch to it. I, I'm a work in progress, as we all are, and it's a long-term commitment for me. And I'm devoted and committed in a good way. That's a nod and a wink from last week's episode. But this is, this is a good commitment, kids. Good commitment. I've had digestive issues and strange food issues all my life, off and on. I remember at 12 years old, by the way, I was very thin and I was in good shape. I was doing three sports. I was walking all the time. I was running all the time as a kid. And I just felt exhausted. And my mom took me to doctors who couldn't figure out what was wrong. And this was around 1989. And Western doctors weren't up on, let's say, any gluten testing or anything like that. So really, it was a frustrating experience for both myself and my mom because we just couldn't figure out what was wrong. I remember being a teenager, 17 years old, literally in the best shape of my life as we all are then, but I really was because I was a cross-country runner, I was a track runner, and I was still feeling exhausted all the time. And it just wasn't feeling right and food wasn't digesting right. So throughout my life, my digestion suffered. I also experienced mysterious rashes, rosacea, mouth sores, occasional cold sores, dry eyes, sinus issues, seasonal allergies, and constant sore throat and post-nasal drip. Sorry, I know that last one was gross. I was in the emergency room in 2019 for horrendous stomach pain. No doctor could figure it out. Uh, they did all types of tests, including tests for parasites, and everything came back negative. Also in 2019, I broke out in mysterious hives that the... Uh, urgent care doctor couldn't figure out as well. He kept asking me, okay, did you eat something unusual? Did this, that, and the other? Did you change your laundry detergent? We couldn't figure out anything. But it all came to an unbearable culmination last year in 2020 when I had almost all of the aforementioned symptoms plus blepharitis or an inflammation of the eyelids. And I think between that, because I hate wearing my glasses, I have terrible vision. So my, my glasses are like Coke bottle thick. So I never wear them. So I had to wear them for 10 days. That was my last straw. And also I'm a big walker and I can do normally two hour walks and I could barely walk 20 minutes without feeling exhausted, pain in my legs. I didn't know what was going on. So that was just, I was done. I had two physicals in 2020 and two massive rounds of blood tests, including for Lyme's disease and nothing. I was told I'm incredibly healthy. Everything came back great, which I guess is great. 
I even saw a gastroenterologist and nothing. My friend Saskia, who will be on this podcast soon, we're going to be talking about the law of attraction, so that's something to look forward to, lent me a book called Eat Wheat by Dr. John Duyard, who is a chiropractor and also an Ayurvedic doctor. And I could not put this book down. This book beyond resonated with me. Everything I had, every symptom he described, I had. And I just, I was riveted by this book. I was and still am especially drawn to the concept of the villi, which I'm going to explain. He explains the villi in the book Eat Wheat. The villi are the projections in the small intestine. They stick out and they wave side to side. So as a comparison, think of pink, slender, tubular coral reef on the ocean floor. That's what villi not only look like, but they act like. They're waving around in water, right? So the villi are responsible for food absorption and digestion. And as Dr. John Duyard explained, and let's call him Dr. John from now on, if your villi are lying flat, you can't digest and your gut isn't functioning. I had all the symptoms of the villi lying flat. That's when I made an appointment with Dr. John, who is, in my humble opinion, one of the two or three best Ayurvedic doctors in this country. And he confirmed it with the diagnosis of inflammation of the gut and liver, which in turn caused gallbladder congestion because I was having trouble digesting fats in particular. And this includes good fats. I know some of you are thinking, well, yeah, you know, digesting potato chips isn't good for anyone. I'm not talking about potato chips. I mean, even really high-end olive oil, I wasn't digesting correctly. And as I found out as a quadruple bonus, because, you know, I never win anything in life, but I won this, <laughs> my lymphatic system was a complete mess. So all of the symptoms I had mentioned before, the blepharitis, the rosacea, the hives, the sinus issues, the exhaustion, the fatigue, all of it, they are all symptoms of a clogged lymphatic system. Okay, so the great news here, what makes me happy is I finally had a diagnosis and I had the power to change my life. And just talking about it makes me so excited. When I originally read Eat Wheat that night, I'm usually in bed by between 9.30, 10 o'clock. I hit, my head hits the pillow and let's say at 10 o'clock and I'm usually asleep by 10.15, 10.30. But for some reason, that night, Source made me stay up late and read this book. And it was, I was reading it around midnight. Normally, I wouldn't have done it, but that was the catalyst in all this. And some, for some reason, well, not for some reason, for the obvious reason, Source was just telling me, stay up, read this book, stay with it. It's going to tell you something. And I can't imagine if I hadn't done that, because if I had just tried to read it during the day, just at 3 p.m. or something, I probably would have just read it slowly and put it aside. But Source wanted me to devour that book, to really take it in in one sitting so I could completely change my life. And we know about these signs, right? We know when 
we're called to do something out of the ordinary that's a good thing, then we act upon it and we do it. And that's what I did. In regard to my physical symptoms, okay, let me back up a little. I have been on this Dr. John Clen since January 13th, right, January 13th. Today I'm recording, it's February 1st, so not that long, just over two weeks. In regard to the physical, it's been night and day since I've been on Dr. John's treatment plan. I feel so much better really like a new person. My energy is almost 100% back. I'm doing farm work. I am starting to walk. I, I just feel so much better, so much lighter. But I'm going to be honest with you. You know, it's only been over two weeks, so I still have a ways to go. I'm still reacting to white flour. I, by accident, ate something that had white flour. I reacted to it. And I have to avoid most meats except for sushi. And there's other things as well that I'm learning that I have to avoid. And what's really interesting is I've been thinking a lot about the end goal. What is the end goal for me? You know, am I going to be like my husband who can easily eat Chinese food and a Snickers bar and burn it off and have no problem and have whiskey and you know, whatever, and he can eat anything he wants. I don't think that's the end goal for me. It may be that I can never eat white flour and that I have to stay gluten-free the rest of my life. There, there's a big possibility. And I'm, I'm wrapping my head around that because I don't want to set myself up for disappointment and failure. And that's one of the things I love about this lifestyle is it teaches me to live in the present moment and be grateful. When I have a good day physically, I feel great, you know, and I am grateful. And I'm saying, wow, let's think about how I felt just two months ago, back in December, 2020, how terrible I felt. You know, let's go back to 2019 where I was in the emergency room because I was in so much pain. So that's night and day to me, but the end goal for me is gonna be whatever source wants the end goal for me to be, right? And I'm not going to fight that. If I can never eat a piece of ciabatta bread again, so be it. That's my life. And, and I'm okay with that. Today, I'm on day 55 of what I'm calling my gut diary. That's G-U-T or my stomach diary. And I have it in my phone, in my notes section, and I'm just describing everything that happens day to day. That's why I'm kind of waiting on giving you more results because we're going to talk about it in that later interview around March 20th. And by that time, I will have over three months of doing this cleanse. So I can give you some really solid results. And I'm, I'm really going to go into that in March. Why I wanted to discuss Ayurveda today is not only to give you an introduction to my journey, because I've referred to this journey, or I would say I alluded to it several times in this podcast already, but I want to provide some basics about Ayurveda and how it ties into our metaphysical lifestyle. The best psychics and mediums in the world, not all of them, but some of them, especially the old school ones, are overweight, they smoke, they drink, etc. And I'll be honest with you, they seem to be functioning just fine. 
I had followed a psychic who said no one was happier than her than when she had a cigarette in one hand and a Diet Coke in the other. And she was giving readings, you know, not at the same time, but in between she's giving readings and she was fine. She was still connected to that other side. But then there's someone like Charlie Goldsmith, who some of you may know, who is a famous healer. He has the show called Literally the Healer. And he is so meticulous about what he eats, even down to the water he drinks. You know, it's filtered and filtered in a special way. Everything is deliberate of what he puts into his body to feel his optimal self so his higher consciousness can heal others. And I really respect that. He is doing an absolute service for people. And if you watch the show, it's amazing. He, I really respect that about him. So you have these two camps, right? You have some of the best psychics, remote viewers, mediums, what, whatever you want to call it in the world, who are maybe not the healthiest physically. And then you have someone like Goldsmith, who is the prime optimal example of health, right? So I realized that I fall into the latter camp, unfortunately. In the present moment, I, um, I can't pound down a Big Mac while drinking a whiskey followed by a dessert of methamphetamine. I just, I can't do it right now, kids. I wish I could, but I can't. So I'm the type of person that feels much better in my human body when I take care of it. I've realized that not only spiritually, does this affect the podcast and me connecting to source for you, but also physically, you know, when I was really struggling with this, I, I would come and record with a really sore throat. I would do the best I possibly could. I probably should have said to you and been honest in my last podcast, I was struggling, but I didn't want to do that. Not to sound gross, but had some post nasal drips. <laughs> so that wasn't pleasant to record with either. And something I really struggle with is dry mouth. I asked Dr. John, I, I drink so much water, you guys. I drink half my body weight in ounces. And, and anyone who's seen me consume water will vouch and say, yeah, she can drink water like a camel. And yet a lot of it is not sticking to my cells. And Dr. John said that maybe because of all the gut and you know inflammation issues. So I'm hoping that in the next couple months that that clears up too. We'll see. But that may be something that I may be dealing with and it frustrates me. But if source says, okay, you need to not focus on being perfect and you need to edit out certain places where you have dry mouth, then that's what you need to do. So in Ayurveda, there are three doshas or three energies that define a person's makeup or constitution. We all have the three doshas within us, but we have to figure out our primary dosha, then our secondary dosha, and then obviously there's our third or last dosha. The doshas are vata, pitta, and kapha. I am a vata pitta. When we refer to what dosha we are, often we use the first and second dosha. So the primary one for me is vata, the secondary one is pitta, so I'm a vata pitta, if that makes sense. 
unfortunately. And when you hear the qualities of being kapha, they're awesome. And I have no kapha in me, which totally sucks, but that's how it is. All right. Vata is the element of air. People with vata body types are tiny and thin. They look like ballerinas or models. Oh, I'm sorry. They can also be tall or thin. So hence the ballerinas or the models. For me as a vata, I do best with tai chi or yoga or walking. Any very relaxing exercise to calm my fluttery, high energy nature. Vatas are like butterflies. We constantly flit around physically and mentally with bursts of energy, and then we're absolutely exhausted. Vatas are best in regard to diet with eating warm, soupy foods such as stew. So I eat a lot of stew, and I'll also do something in the morning where I have rice puffs and almond milk and stewed apples and cinnamon, and I will put them in a bowl and I'll heat it and I'll make it warm. So I'm eating everything warm, if that makes sense. Pitta is the element of fire. If you have a Pitta body type, you have a medium build. What defines Pittas are their fiery nature. They often struggle with ailments such as eczema, rosacea, anything that shows a fiery temperament. They're very passionate people. They love to argue and debate. And they something really interesting about them is they make really good managers and supervisors. I thought that was kind of cool. And they can do a range of exercise from power yoga or hot yoga to boot camps. The best foods for a pitta are fire pacifying foods, such as light foods, fresh juices, cool or warm foods, never hot. You know, you don't want that steaming hot bowl of soup or steaming hot tea or eating a lot of spicy foods. That does not help a pitta constitution. All right, the last one, kapha. Kapha is the element of earth. Those who have the kapha body type are heavy, stocky, sturdy. That's their build, often their bottom heavy. What defines them is their calm, relaxed, oh, peaceful nature. Oh my God, I wish I had this. They're grounded, they're mother earth. When you're around them, you feel so calm, you feel so good. They can exercise like no other. These are the CrossFit boot camp marathon Ironman people. For example, my husband is literally the perfect example of a kapha between his personality and his body type. He can wake up, go to the gym, then do a workout with heavy weights in the gym and come home and do heavy farm work all day. For example, our water system froze this week and he had to carry water to the cows. So our water system outside froze. He carried 90 gallons of water from the pond to the pasture in 10 rounds and back and forth, no problem, and he's 60 years old. So you see what I'm saying? A true kapha like him can just, it is nonstop physically. It's amazing. So for kaphas, the best diets are light, airy foods. They're really, it's actually, I kind of 
I'm kind of jealous of this diet because they can eat a lot of salads and a lot of raw vegetables, which I can't as a Vata. So it's kind of an easy diet if you're a big salad eater and they can eat things like popcorn, which is fun too. I would recommend taking the Dr. John dosha quiz and figuring out your dosha if you don't know it and start reading up on it. Once you understand your dosha more, it can help you with your diet, meditation, etc. I try to eat to my dosha as best I can, or I eat tridoshically, which means encompassing all three doshas. And another huge part of Ayurveda is eating seasonally, which I do as best as I can as well. And you can look this up online. You can look it up on Dr. John's website. You know, what's the best food if I'm pitta? For me to eat in winter and you can look up all the best foods that that has really been helping me but again you can do it online as well don't be shocked because sometimes online you'll see differing points of view because ayurveda does have some exceptions you'll you'll you know have dr john who's fine with the nightshades potatoes things like that and then you'll have another expert her name is marianne teitelbaum and she'll say no nightshades whatsoever. So it just, it absolutely just depends. You do what's best for you. That's what I do. I'm, I don't eat potatoes a lot, but I eat sweet potatoes and I eat garlic and I eat onion. So it's just what you think is going to work best for you. From a metaphysical perspective, staying to this herbal routine and putting the right food in my body and even more so understanding why I'm doing so is a form of source empowerment. What I mean by understanding is, I mean I know if I eat sugar, my villi will lie flat and digestion won't happen. That's a fact. I can hear source saying, is it worth it to eat that cookie even though it's gluten-free, it's vegan, it's made with the best ingredients? In moderation, you know what? Sometimes it is, right? Because I'm human and there is part of me that lives a 3D experience, but I know to be on my best. And eating, you know, a lot of sugar just isn't. What's helped me align with source is the empowerment of understanding the situation and then source giving me the power and fortitude to change the situation. I couldn't have made these massive life changes without source. That I know. Also, what I love about Ayurveda is it's a non judgmental lifestyle because it's coming from source. For example, I've been PMSing. I've had too many gluten-free vegan ginger molasses cookies. Oh my God, they're so good. And I just found them and they're my new obsession, but I'm not going to lie to you. Four days in a row, I was pounding them down a little too much. And after those four days, I didn't punish myself because that's ego, right? That's ego punishing myself. Instead, I came from source with this new lifestyle and I noted, okay, you know what? When I'm hormonal, I can't have these in the house. This isn't going to work for me. And I just observed that and I noted it and I noted it in my gut diary and that's it. There was no punishment or anything like that. I just know that I need to put the lockdown on it sometimes and I was just done with the sugar binge. Really, I was done. That's all I needed to do. A last metaphysical aspect of Ayurveda I wanted to touch upon is breathing. 
Breathing correctly in Ayurveda is closing the mouth and breathing through the nose. So it's very close to when you're going into focused breathing, the ujjayi breath or yogic breathing to calm the mind. Shni, my metaphysical coach who I've talked about, swore by hapano breathing, which is this focused breathing that you do for either meditation or right before meditation. It's all it is, it's very simple, is eight seconds inhale, eight seconds hold, eight seconds exhale, eight seconds hold. You do this 10 times in a row for meditation and to align with source. I've been doing this and it makes a big difference. And I've also been practicing proper breath now too, especially when wearing a mask, right? We're all wearing masks. And quite frankly, I don't think this is gonna go away for quite some time. And I notice that my mouth will hang wide open in the mask. I've been focusing on closing my mouth when wearing the mask and just breathing through my nose. Dr. John has an exceptional podcast episode that I will put in the show notes with a conscious breathing expert who delves into the nuances of nose breathing and discusses his thoughts on the Wim Hof method. I have a feeling some of you are into Wim Hof. I like Wim Hof. His breathing method is the opposite. I would say it's all through the mouth. And the expert talks about this method. And by the way, it's not negative. He doesn't say anything negative about Wim Hof. He just gives his opinion, which isn't disrespectful to Wim, Wim Hof. In fact, he, he praises him. So you'll hear about Wim Hof in there as well. I find myself much calmer when nose breathing, when I keep my mouth shut. Huh, when I keep my mouth shut. There you go. Especially if I have something that makes me anxious. This past weekend, I had an event that I was a little nervous about because it was a new event for me. And normally I probably would have been a little more concerned about the details, but I handled it very calmly. And I really attribute that to the nose breathing. I gave you a ton of information today. I realized that. So please check out the show notes to get all of it. If Ayurveda resonates with you, go do some research in the next several weeks and see what you can find. Because again, we're going to have that episode around March 20th, where I'm going to have the Ayurvedic expert, my friend and I talk. So that's about it for today. I hope you found something useful here. And until next time, live your life two inches off the ground. Mm -hmm.